Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and changemakers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Visit waira.co.uk to learn how our acceleration programs can help your startup grow. And this is your host, Michael Shafrat. In today's episode, I'm talking to Shu Kao, co-founder and CMO of Perkbox, the UK's fastest growing employee benefits provider. Perkbox is on a mission to build a better society, one relationship at a time. The company does that by promoting health and well-being among the employees of their customers. With some studies finding that up to 80% of people are not engaged and happy at work, the company has recently launched Perkbox Insights with a goal to improve employee happiness by measuring employee engagement on a daily basis. Perkbox is backed by prominent investors such as the founder of property search engine Zoopla and Draper Esprit. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. What's the massive problem Perkbox is trying to solve? So um, we believe that there is a big problem in the marketplace. Uh, you know, people spend, uh, if you look at uh, an average person's life, they have their personal life, which uh, you know, occupies a lot of their time. They spend a lot of effort and they do you know, lots of products and services out there to help them. But when you look at people's work life um, and the level of support they get, it's very fragmented. And uh, people go to work and they're demotivated. Uh, and management, some of them try their very best, but really do need a bit of help motivating, engaging, and, and providing a better work experience. And so at Perkbox, we believe that we everyone deserves a great work um, experience, uh, work life. So we try very hard to help management do that. So one of the tools that we have that we've recently launched is Perkbox Insights. Uh, it, it's a very simple to use uh, insights tool that allow management to give what we call post surveys, these weekly small Q&A type of questions, um, easy to digest, easy to understand, but the important thing is that with insights, it allows people to um, tell management what's on their mind on a regular basis, and that really helps uh, management uh, tailor the experience, work experience for their staff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Perkbox's mission, obviously there, there's been a lot of employee benefits solutions out there, and you guys obviously bring some innovation with the technology you're using. But focusing on the mission, what makes you a mission-driven company, or how do you think you're different from a lot of other companies out there that might solve a similar problem or trying to solve it? Yeah, so the mission, well, it really starts with uh, my co-founder, Sora, of myself, uh, how we feel about running this business. We truly feel that... Um, we want to have a mission-led business. It just comes from the inside. Um, and as, as that grew and progressed, we realized, you know what, this is something that we need to talk about. We need to make it real. Uh, and so that became uh, a clear uh, part of what we do and, and how we run our business. Uh, and, and a mission-led business for us feels very natural. When you first started with Perkbox, what was exactly the problem you observed uh, and that we were trying to solve? What was the starting point and how did it evolve from there? Wow. So we, we, when we started this, we didn't know that the problem is as big as it is, to be totally honest. Um, we pivoted a few times. Uh, so Perkbox, uh, the company started in 2011, but it was only in 2015 that the brand Perkbox um, came to be and, and the proposition that we have uh, really crystallized. It used to be called Huddleby, right? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Right. But yeah. you know, they, the Huddleby was, 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 uh, is a, a platform to help business owners access discounts and what have you. Still helping business succeed, but with Perkbox, we really focused on the employee, mm. uh, the work experience. So that really made it really clear to us that um, that's where we're going to operate. And how we found out that it was actually a place to spend more time on to build a business around is that um, these business owners were asking for perks for their, st- and for their staff. 
so originally we were giving business owners access for themselves and their own family. And they realized, you know what, these discounts you give me, I want to give my staff. Hmm. And that splintered off and it's like, hold on, let's just give this a new brand. Let's talk about this in a better way. And so that's how Perkbox came to be. Mm-hmm. It was consumers asking us for it. So, so what's the impact you're having on employees besides, okay, I got a good deal. I work for this company that's using Perkbox. I got a good deal on stuff. Uh, that's nice. Uh, but uh, what's the impact and how do you measure the impact that you have on those employees and what you're trying to achieve there uh, in terms of, is it, are you trying to make them happier? Are you trying to save them money? What, what's the main thing? Sure. So, so we launched with, with um, Perks as a, a key part of what we have. Our vision is much, much greater than that. We believe in enhancing the whole employee experience, the total employee experience, where Perks is only a small part of it. Um, we, of course, with Insights uh, launching, we can measure that, right? We can see from my poll surveys. Um, the before and after effects of, of change in management. So Perks is only just a conduit, a tool that a manager can use. It doesn't replace good management. I think that's important. And obviously, we add other tools like recognition and, and card link, and so a variety of services in the future that looks at the whole work experience, the whole employee experience, and solving that. So yes, it is it is important to start with something, and we're known for, for Perks at the moment, but I think what we, what we really want to be known for in the future is is really enhancing the employee experience. So to allow management to show that they care about their staff. And if they show that they care about the staff and offer the services that the staff would like, productivity, all the great things, success comes as an output. And, that, and that's where insights comes in as well, right? So uh, I used to work in a big corporate. We got these quarterly surveys. Um, we never really knew what happened to them after we filled them out. Uh, if anything happened, there was like a big message on the internet how happy everyone was and everything was great. And I think with Insights, you're trying to close that feed- feedback loop much faster. I think a daily update or something like that even. Um, how, how does that solution differ and how do you make a difference with, with employee engagement there? Sure, absolutely. That's a really good question. So our philosophy at, at Perkbox is to be really, really employee-centric. So we want to build the products that an employee would use and start from there. So from, for, for insights, we ask the same question. What kind of insight, what kind of study or reports would uh, allow employees to be really engaged, would, would elicit the best response not just responding, because in the past, I, I used to work for companies like Microsoft and, and Amazon, Yahoo, where you just do it, and it's like a one huge survey, 50 questions. By the time you get to question number 30, it's like, oh, you know what? I, I can't be bothered. I'll just say what I, whatever, you know, just to get it done with. So is it truly transparent? Is it truly uh, a, a true measure of uh, employee sentiment and, and feelings? That could be questionable. So we, we looked at what really bugs employees and what really makes employees not engage with these surveys and try to fix it. And the solution that we've come up with is to make it more approachable, make it uh, genuine, transparency. It's really important. But the most important thing is to show that um, they're, they're being heard. And whatever they say, um, management will be held accountable and it's transparent that things can be done and fixed. There's no point in having these big surveys and goes into the ether, comes back six months later and it's like, you know what, I forgot I actually answered that question. <laughs> you know, uh, So we want to make it really, really um, modern in that sense. People expect transparency, you know, rapid response, agile management, really. So that's really what we're looking at. 
So the responses are directly visible to the employees as well, or um, how, yeah, how, how it's, yeah, absolutely. So okay. there are different ways in which um, mm. uh, these these services can be managed. They, 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 it's, it can be summarized, um, it can be reported back, aggregate, or, or sort of. But the key bit is is, is anonymized. Mm. So we want to make sure that the management employees feel that they can say what they need to say mm. without any anything else, you know, um, any uh, un- unwanted kind of uh, repercussions. Um, but what's really interesting about this, these insights is not just the ability to uh, trans- transfer uh, insights and, and information from the employee to the management. It's, it's what management can do with this information. So on the, on the admin panel, the, you'll have uh, a lot of responses, but we, what we do is we allow uh, management to log into our, our, our knowledge pool. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 helping managers be better managers in the sense. So if you say, for example, get a score of X out of Y or low score on on a particular uh, area, you know, career progression or salary negotiation or whatever, um, we'll give them tips on how to manage that. Mm-hmm. We'll give them links. We'll give them best in class kind of ideas so they can be better managers. So we can't assume that every manager knows what they're doing, right? So that's probably one of the problems, and that's what we realized. So let's help both sides of the equation. Make it easy for employees to access and, and feel that they can say what they need to say um, and know that the, the response will be answered, but also make it easy for managers to act on this information uh, and to report on, to share, to talk about, to be better managers. So I think that's really what we're discovering, and hopefully from what we've seen so far, uh, the pickup has been really good. The response has been really very um, very uh, positive. How does it look like to make it actionable for managers? So um, from my experience, for example, in the past, the, the, the managers had very strong KPIs to transform the organization, which usually means letting go of some stuff, then getting new stuff in, getting new skills in, uh, like changing a lot, which obviously creates a lot of friction and can uh, create a lot of unhappiness within the staff. So if, if I'm a manager of such a company and then find out, okay, my staff is unhappy right now, um, what sort of tips, what sort of advice do you give them then? Um, sure, sure, sure. I think the first stage is is identifying that there's a problem. Uh, I think that is, 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 a, is a big hurdle that most most managers don't even know. It's like measuring the, 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 the problem to the degree and, and, and understanding where the problems are is, is the bulk of what we can serve right away. Solution is more convoluted. There's a whole industry built around you know, uh, career um, management uh, consultancy and how managers do need to manage their staff based on certain situations. So we don't profess to be experts in that. I mean, we will bring in partners and what we have. We're a technology company, but we're not a management consultant, just to be clear. Um, but we do allow um, information to be sort of stored there so they can start jumping off and finding out where the, it's a starting point, I would say, is for, for what we want to do. But we want to highlight where the problems are. And they can start drilling down a bit further from there. Looking at founders, some some founders are actually listening to this podcast that are a bit earlier than uh, in, in the journey than you are. And um, I interact with a lot of founders that are looking to start impact-driven startups. They they have really this vision in mind of how they can change the world. When you first started out, what was the advice you wish you had uh, back when you started? Wow. So, <laughs> good question. We we didn't have an easy journey. We started in 2011. We pivoted three times, three different business models, um, until we found something that worked. Uh, we have to say, you know, you have to stick with it. You have to be resilient. Um, have a sense of, uh, you know, confidence, but also stubbornness to kind of get past uh, roadblocks because you don't have all the answers. Don't expect to have the answers. And and one of the biggest lessons I've learned from from others and advice I've been told is, is to be resourceful. 
look for the answer. You may not have the answer. Um, and, and knowing who to ask, where to go, and being really good at that actually helped us a lot. So resourcefulness is really important to have as as an uh, as entrepreneur. So through those pivots, have you been in a situation where you're like at the brink of giving up? And how did you get out of that if oh, that wow. happened? Yes. How, how did you get into the mode of, okay, no, let's not give up. Let's, there might be still something that we need to find here. Sure, sure, Mike. I have a ton of questions, like answers, so stories uh, about that. So I'll, I'll tell you one story where... I think it was the second pivot where we were, um, so we started out as a Groupon for business, you know, kind of daily deals uh, type of thing. That didn't work. Um, and we pivoted to um, sort of a lead gen model for all the big businesses like Pitney Bowes, Sage, what have you. So we had a community of SMEs. And so we were pushing out leads uh, campaigns for, for these big companies. Uh, and that's how we made our money. More than agency style. Uh, and that was doing okay. We were making, uh, you know, some money per lead. Um, but we, what we realized is that it wasn't enough. Um, and that was about a year into the business. And we were really burning through a lot of our cash. And at one point, we were down to three months left in, uh, in terms of money. So we, our burn was about 15,000 pounds, roughly, in a month uh, to pay our staff. And we had 45K in the bank. <laughs> so uh, we were just looking at each other and said, goodness, this is it. This is it. Uh, the air is going to run out of the room and we're just going to be out of breath. There's nothing left. And, um, and that was hard. And, and what, we, what we did was we just kept going, kept going. And we secured a big deal uh, with you know, various other big companies like IZR or what have you. And we struck on a big campaign that really allowed us to um, secure a few hundred thousand pounds. Um, and that kind of... Uh, helped us reach our next milestone, which was um, securing a much bigger deal with uh, the likes of WorldPay and what have you, these big enterprise deals, uh, to help build a platform for them. So that became our, our sort of um, the other pivot that we did. We became a, a, a solutions provider for large uh, companies um, like WorldPay. So that really uh, was uh, the story of just resilience and just plugging through. We didn't um, we didn't know what we were doing, honestly. Uh, we just knew that we had to keep keep going. Keeping staff uh, morale up was really, really key. Um, and that, it filtered out a lot of people because we, we tell them, like, like, you're not joining uh, a company with an easy ride or, or a clear future at all. But what you can uh, expect is, is a lot of fun. It would be like a roller coaster. So if you'd like to hang in there and, and kind of join us for this ride, it's great. Um, and uh, so we made it. And some of those people are still with us today. And that's one of the things I'm really proud of, to, to go through these journeys. And, and there's no such thing as an overnight success, I have to say. It, it is about, you know, finding your way. Uh, mm. and, and it's only you as the entrepreneur, the, the owner of the business, uh, that can really do that. Uh, even if someone gives you great advice, it, it's only great advice if, if it's if it's successful, right? Otherwise, it's just conversations that people have. And it's only yourself that can really go through and, and test it out. Hmm. What approach did you take? Did you talk a lot to customers to understand what they really needed? Um, did you just kind of try to push different products? Did you do like the traditional lean startup approach? H how did you yeah, actually try to yeah. validate what you ended up doing? That's a good question. So my, my co-founder, sort of he's, his background is more... Uh, business dev and sales. My background is marketing, and we both share um, a love for product. So we we naturally lean uh, lean more towards selling and getting understand what the marketplace wants and positioning ourselves first before building. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really helpful for us because what we didn't want to do is over engineer something that the marketplace didn't want. And that's one big big lesson that I'd say for everyone. Pre-sell. 
you know, sell the dream, you know, get a letter of intent, do what you need to do to mitigate that risk of building the wrong product. The worst thing is to have a product that's built, you invest the resources and nobody wants it to the degree that you want. There could be some early signals, but that's not enough to run a business. So be really careful about what success looks like. So when we launched Perkbox, the marketplace drew us in. Like we realized that in the SME space, there's no one providing um, a solution like Perkbox. You know, up to five employees, nobody's serving them. They're busy business owners wanting something to ser- serve their, their staff, to motivate their staff. And here's Perkbox, great human-facing, friendly brand that serves their need, technology-driven, easy to use, and the market pulled us in. So I think that was a great, great lesson of, of just positioning and testing, testing and positioning. Very lean, like you say. Um, don't over-engineer. You over-engineer later. It's only now that we have a CTO. I mean, wish we had it sooner, but still, it's surprising how much we've gone through and succeeded uh, just selling on, on, a, on, on, on a basic product that the need is there. Mm-hmm. So um, you got to find your path, but don't, don't risk over-investing. Manage your costs. You know, that burnout would kill you, and you don't want to panic. And once you start panicking, you make rash decisions, and you don't, can't think straight. So just always, always hold on to whatever money you have. Hire people. Uh, outsource as much as you can. I mean, I have a whole checklist of uh, hacks if you want to do, if you want to, is a list for another podcast, but happy to help with anyone who wants to talk about more about this. But we, we had to be resourceful and that's really what it is. Uh, you mentioned you just hired a CTO recently, is that correct? That's oh, right. That's so right. How, how did you all start then with a non-technical team and having to build some sort of digital product? It's, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, and we had to pay um, what they call technical debt, <laughs> pay our dues in a way, because we were just adding on features on top of features, and the old code base was, they were saying it's, it's, it's a monster, it's, it's like spaghetti code all over the place. So it got to a point where, uh, if you imagine all these different pivots that we had in the past, we were just laying on code on top. We, our, our, our foundation wasn't stable, but we couldn't afford it because we didn't know what we wanted either. So in a way, had we gotten someone who's really, really, uh, a purist, he would have been pulling his hair out, <laughs> thinking, guys, <laughs> figure out what you want, and I'll build for it. The problem was we didn't know what we wanted. Uh, and so in a way, it kind of worked out for us, because now we know what we want. Uh, brought in Paul Schultz, um, ex-Yahoo, we used to work together at Yahoo, um, incredible incredible uh, man, he knows his stuff, to build something that is robust, scalable, and, and, and fit for a global expansion. So that's the kind of stuff that uh, you bring in the right people at the right time uh, mm-hmm. in a way that, that, was, that worked out to our favor. Yeah, so no, look, behind the scenes, it was a mess, but we, we, like I said, we presented a great product solution. We made sure the customers got what we promised, mm-hmm. um, and even though it, you know, it was not great code, it got us to where we needed to get to, and that was part of managing costs. We could have easily said, hey, look, we're going to s- slow down everything, rebuild the code, uh, and, and you know, years ago, that would have probably killed us in terms of the burn rate, right? Mm. So mm. we just kept going and chasing the revenue, the next stage of our development, mm. until until we know now that this is the this is the, this is our right, the right position that we we we, we have uh, that there's clear product market fit. Um, that's really double down. So in the last few months, we moved from we grew from. 30 engineers to over 60 engineers. Um, incredible, incredible. I'm a testament to Paul and his team in terms of recruiting great talent, selling the story, the vision. Mm. And people are joining us not just because it's great work, it's, it's the great vision that we, we say we want to do. So in the early days, uh, did you just have a bunch of developers in-house or did you actually outsource some of the development and trying to manage it from well, your side? We, we, just, we didn't have many to begin with. Mm. I think that's it. We had, we had a, a few um, external uh, 
but they're not agencies, so we never used agencies. We had uh, remote workers, uh, but they were all part of the business. Mm. I think we felt that was in- important. So we kept our IP close to us, and and it was hard as well to, to outsource because I think we didn't know what we wanted, like I said, uh, and, and, and they'll probably charge us an arm and a leg <laughs> if you have an agency saying, okay, guys, you know, for every change, we're going to start charging you. So we had some really resilient developers who really stuck with us and made the changes that we need mm. just to make it work. Uh, yeah. Of course, since then, you've come a long way. We've talked about some of those things that you're launching. We talked about insights and uh, we talk about your mission, your product now, which is quite refined and uh, very far away from what we just talked about, like Mm -hmm. very defined and very clear. If you're looking at the next 10 or 20 years, what's the sort of world you're trying to create with Perkbox? Well, what are you trying to contribute to in terms of a big, big movement in a world that Perkbox might help help realize? Yeah, good question. So we, like I said before at the very beginning, we're a mission-driven business. I, I truly believe that everyone deserves um, a great uh, work life, a great work experience. Um, and the workplace is where we're going to start. We want to make sure that employees have access to best benefits and services and that managers and um, can get them as well and, and use them in the best way possible. We believe that, you know, um, life is too short. You know, you, you, you don't want to go to work hoping to go home, right? Or waiting to come home uh, because you're so tired of work. And it's not, it's not fair, I think. Um, and so that's our view of the world. And, I really, and, and that message has just resonated so much with a lot of people who, especially with millennials com- coming online, occupying over 30% of, of the workforce now, they expect more from their management. They expect more from their business. They expect businesses to have a clear mission and vision um, and having you know, great services, benefits, most, that serves not just their financial needs, but their emotional, physical well-being um, are, are, are basics now. They're no longer the, the things you get when you join a, a Google or a Facebook, right? Every business should have that. And I think that's really where it boils down to. We're trying to democratize access to these great services to, to, to all businesses. And we realize that business owners are very busy, so we try to help them get this and use this in the best way possible. And we believe the whole, the whole world is, is really the ambition that we want to tackle. We want to give this to everyone. Thank you very much for joining me today. And thanks for sharing your journey, the ups and downs of it. And I wish you all the best for the next uh, 100 years, actually. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thank Pleasure. You. Thank you very much. This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Learn more about Waira on www.waira.co.uk.